Good evening and welcome to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Laura Prince and Noel Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This will be a podcast in which we analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, including some, like this one, that ran only one episode. This is a month of legends, the best of the best and the worst of the worst. With me, as always, is Noah Houlihan. Look at me. I've become a dog. It just hit me now. Ugh. <laughs> so this has actually been a really fun month until now. Yeah, um, that's, that's, that's fair. <laughs> because a lot of what we covered this month, even if it was bad, it was interesting. Uh, th- we're doing Puchinski today. Puchinski, yes. Uh, Puchinski is about a police officer killed in the line of duty who is brought back, transplanted, something, something, soul of a bulldog. Yes, it becomes a dog. Uh, it's a weird, weird show. It aired only once on July 9th, 1990. Yes, and man, we are moving at a breakneck speed through this episode. Yeah, this, uh, it's short. It's 22 minutes long. Um, in, unlike the rest of the media we've consumed this week. Yes, yeah, we've been, uh, it, it's, it's Endgame. I mean, we watched Endgame. We will give no spoilers. I promise you that. I was really going to say I thought you should mark this uh, episode Endgame spoilers. <laughs> because I feel like we're going to talk about Endgame. No, we got to talk about Puchinski. But Endgame was good. I know, but that's not what we're here for. So yeah, so let's dive into it. The, fir- the first thing I have to say about this is how fast it moves. It is exactly, it's under 22 minutes, which a usual TV show is 23. Oh, really? I thought 22 was the, the usual, the huge. This was under 22 even. Like yeah. this was a short, this was short, it moved quickly and accomplished nothing. Yeah, it tries to do so much and it really does nothing. Because our our main character, Puchinski, is... You, you probably know him as uh, the monster from Young Frankenstein or Ray Romano's father. Yes. He's playing Puchinski and he's a cop. Stanley Puchinski. And he's a great cop, but a terrible human. Yeah, he's, like, gross. He's vulgar. He's not very hygienic. Yes, but he's a great cop. He always gets his man. Yes. And he's hooked up with this new young rookie who is a guy from the 90s. His name is, the character's name is Robert McKay. Yes. I learned that from the IMDb page because you pretty much don't learn it from the show. Yes, he's got Mark Summers hair. And he doesn't like Puchinski because he's gruff and he... He eats a stinky sandwich, I think, at one point. Yeah, and he's, like, a little gross to women. And by that, I mean fairly gross to women. He is the uh, fiancé in the Father of the Bride movie. Oh, is that where I know this guy from? Yeah, he's the guy the that Steve Martin's daughter is marrying. 
Who who are you saying is gross to women? Just for clarity. Puchinski. Puchinski. Okay, yes. that's what I thought. Just wanted to clarify that. So, uh, our, what's the main character's name again? Ray? Uh, no. Uh, Robert McKay. Robert. Robert. All right. So, Rob immediately wants to get a transfer because he doesn't like Puchinski. And the police chief, who is the police chief from Last Action Hero. This is 100% Which true. made my day. is like, Puchinski's the best. How dare you? And then Puchinski does something gross. Yes. Uh, then they're on a stakeout. Yes. And Puchinski has fallen in love with a stray bulldog. Well, what's happening is there's a stray bulldog who is like hiding because a bunch of kids are like messing with it. Right. So, and these are kid kids. Like these are not like older teenagers. These look like 11 to 12 year olds. Yeah, who are just playing with a dog but don't know how to be nice to a dog. Yeah, like they're bad kids. But I don't think a cop should have pulled a gun on them. Yeah, it was very odd that a gun came into play. I feel like that's illegal. Hey! Leave that dog alone. What's it to you, Grandpa? Easy, fella. I lost my head, you know? When you get to be my age, you forget things. Like, like whether or not this gun is loaded. Well, there's only one way to find out. This guy's crazy. Come on! And that's the tonal issue with this show, in a nutshell, of, like, you're kind of distracted. I guess maybe we're looking at it from 2019, where we're looking at it as, like, oh, any of those kids has a cell phone, and this cop's life is over. I think you could totally do that, like, kids are bothering a dog. The the rookie cop would go by the book and be like, hey, kids, get away from that dog. Ah, whatever, cop, and then there'd be problems. And you could do the the bit where Puchinski is the experienced cop would just fire the gun into the air, which you're not supposed to do. And right. The kids scatter. And it's like, yeah, it's just easier this way. It's like, but that's against the book. Yeah, but it's easier. And look, now I have the, the dog. That's not what happened. No, he, he just puts pulls a, a gun. gun in their face. And then, like, Puchinski lures the dog out of his hiding place with a hot dog. Then he yes. goes, wait a minute. Stops and takes a bite and then gives the rest of the hot dog yes. to the dog. It should also be mentioned that, like, Kuczynski's a detective, so he's not in, a like, a uniform. Yeah, he's plain clothes. So to those kids, it's just a man with a gun. Right. <laughs> so, like, Puchinski becomes fond of the dog and buys him a collar, and he's now just going on stakeouts with Puchinski and McKay. Yes. Um McKay is trying to get a transfer again, yeah. hates the dog. Everybody hates the dog. Everyone the dog hates is... the dog, but Buczynski loves the dog. But not enough, apparently, to give him a name. I mean, we're like four minutes into the show right now. Like, the, he hasn't had time to give the dog a name. We only know Robert McKay's name because I looked it up. <laughs> That's true. I just think it's odd that the dog doesn't get a name. In any case. There's more weird stuff with this dog. So then they're doing a stakeout of, like, an ATM thief. Like, a guy who keeps robbing ATMs. A guy holds up a woman at the ATM. They chase after him. And Puchinski is hit by a car. Yes. Driven by the ATM thief. Right. And then McKay is like, come on, come on, come on. It's okay. You know, stay with me. The standard, like, cop losing his partner dialogue. Yes. Do you remember what Puchinski Asks of McKay as his last request. His last request is to go into his wallet 
and pawn his Cubs tickets. Yeah. Like, flip them for whatever he could get for them. Yeah. Because he's a character. Right. And then as he passes away, there's a gust of wind, and he makes eye contact with the dog. Yes. Um. So this is a weird thing. And then we fade out. Like, we yeah. don't see anything happen. We don't see, like, magic. We don't really know what happens in this sequence. Yes. Of course, the title card in the beginning was the word Puchinski with the O's replaced with Paw Prince. So you should probably have a hint of what's going to happen. Right. Um, so the next thing we see is Puchinski's funeral. It's very small. It's mostly p- other police officers. Right. Showing that he was not like a beloved man of the community. Right. And at the end, it's just his partner who like is upset and blaming himself uh, for his partner's death. Because if you're a cop and something happens to your partner, uh, fiction requires that no matter what happened... You feel horrible about it forever. Yes, yes. I, I don't know if it was the cop rock, but I was kind of expecting a song. I was very disappointed there was no song. You shouldn't have been, because this was a place of heightened emotion, yeah, where a song would have been appropriate. That's not where songs happened in cop rock. You're right. It was not right before a commercial break. That is true. So, someone asks the partner if he's been beating himself up, and it's the weird bulldog. Mm-hmm. And the dog starts rattling off facts only Puchinski would know. His yes. badge number, his favorite song. Um, those are the two I can remember. Yes. Because th- there's a song that, that Puchinski keeps singing. Everybody loves somebody sometime. Everybody falls in love somehow. Now everybody... Probably not recognizable by the algorithm as a copyright strike because he doesn't sing it well. That is true. That's true. So he's able to convince his partner rather quickly that he is now a talking dog. And rather quickly, his partner accepts this. Yeah, too quickly. Yeah, like there's no, there's like a line or two of like, maybe I'm crazy. And then it's like, oh, okay, you're a dog now. What do you want to do now? And he says, well, first I'm going to try licking myself, and then I'm going to catch my killer, and you're going to help. Yes, and that's essentially, if you could boil down this whole show to ten seconds, it's that. Yes, so that's that's the main premise here. I feel like, as like the fact that we're moving at a breakneck pace here, uh, I feel like they either needed that to be the whole episode. Mm-hmm. Or, well, because first off, that could be, as an episode, a good idea, because I never really like Puchinski as a human. Right. And I never really dislike him. He's just kind of an annoyance. Right. Like, he... he, The first episode should have ended with his death. Yes, but I understand why you wouldn't do that. Because it's a little depressing. No, because the premise is that he's a dog. And if your whole premise is cop becomes dog and that doesn't happen until the last minute of your show, people are going to be like, you're not giving out an impression of what your show is. Yeah. I kind of feel like it should have either happened as a flashback, like we start with dog cop and then he's like, you know, I'm thinking back of that day when I had a body and then we show it in a flashback of like what went down. Or 
it's like theme song. Okay. Like that, that's like, Buczynski was a cop and then he got hit by a car and now he's a dog. Buczynski. <laughs> like, like just spell out the premise in 30 seconds in a song and just be like, all right, here's today's case. Under the gun. Sorry. But the fact that it's like, we spend all this time just doing things poorly, either not giving it enough time like, like we we spend enough time to do six things poorly. Yes. Instead of doing one thing well or just skipping it. Yeah, like, it's a lot. Uh, I was, you know what I kept thinking about with this show? This is a weird, I, this is a weird comparison, but when does Eddie McDowd... Oh, I was totally thinking about Eddie McDowd. ...become a dog. I thought Eddie McDowd became the dog and found out about the 100 Deeds at the end of the first episode. I feel like, if you don't know, 100 Good Deeds for Eddie McDowd is a, a Nickelodeon show about someone who becomes a dog and they're going to stay a dog until they've done 100 Good Deeds. Uh, I kind of feel like they did the theme song thing. I feel like we never saw him as a human... And it was just like, Eddie, you're a dog. We absolutely do see Eddie as a human. Did we? All right. Yes. That's just how I, f- I remember it. I, it's been a while since I've seen 100 Good Deeds for Eddie McDowell. Yeah, he's like, w- Eddie McDowell as a human is like a bully and then he gets caught by a mysterious man who's like, you're a dog now. Uh, so I think it's a lot of the first episode is him... Becoming the dog and then trying to convince... It's the first ten minutes of the show. Yes. Then trying to convince Justin, the other kid, that it's really him and that he has to do these good deeds and please, like, let me live in your house. Right. I also think that when you have a title like 100 Good Deeds for Eddie McDowell that explains the premise Mm -hmm. in the title... Like, you can get away with more stuff because it's like, oh, I know what this show is. Yeah. Kuczynski, if it was called, like, Dog Cop or something like that where it's like, oh, yeah, the, the Dog Cop show. Yeah, and I, I don't know why they don't go for, like, you know, a more, I guess, a better pun. It's pooch. Dogging the case or, like, I don't know. There has to be a better. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this feels like it's obviously very derivative of Turner and Hooch. I also got a lot of Turner and Hooch vibes, but that's like later on in the show. They they steal some stuff right from Turner and Hooch. Yeah, and this is the year after Turner and Hooch, so that's like still in the public consciousness. It, it should also be noted that in 100 Good Deeds for Eddie McDowell, he's a German Shepherd. You know, a police dog. Something yes. that would make sense right. instead of a bulldog puppet let's talk about this puppet this puppet is horrible like boys and girls friends of all ages picture triumph the insult comic dog the puppetry here is about half a scoosh better he reminded me of pizza the hut where like it was a puppet face and then eyes too far sunken in that just felt very wrong yeah, I'm looking. I I pulled up a picture of Pizza the Hut. Pizza the Hut's clearly a dude in a mask. There are times where he kind of looks like a dude in a bad mask. Yeah, because the eyes are really strange. I was thinking of Triumph the Insult Comic Dog because it's that same like, it's not good 
The puppetry in That's My Bush is better. Oh, 100%. Triumph the Enzo comic is a sock puppet. Yeah, this but looks this, only slightly better. This you get to see like a full body and... Yeah, like... The, the Triumph the Cold comic dog just has a rubber face and eyes that don't move. Yeah, and the difference is Triumph is supposed to look like that. Yeah. Like, nobody is trying to sell you Triumph the Insult comic dog as this is a real dog. Yeah. Look, look at it. Look at the eyes. Look at the... We're, we're looking at a picture. Look at the eyes of Puchinski right now and then compare them to the eyes of Pizza the Hut. I hate this. <laughs> I hate this so much. It looks, um, gremlin-y. Like, it looks yeah. like, it looks like a knockoff of Gizmo in a lot of ways. It, and it looks dirty. It's just like, it looks like it wasn't well kept. Yeah, like, it looks cheap, it looks badly made. It looks like maybe there might be some, like, very primitive CG. Yeah, there's something, like, like a, this is the best way I can explain it. You know when you see, like, some CGI and stuff and you get that uncanny valley where it's like, that looks a lot like a person, but something's wrong? Puchinski is, that looks a lot like a puppet, but something's wrong. Yes. (laughs) It's an uncanny valley puppet. It's like, I know that's a puppet, but what the fuck's wrong with it? I haven't, uh, I couldn't find a lot of trivia for this episode, but if I had a dollar every time anything that discussed Puchinski used Uncanny Valley, I'd have some dollars. Because <laughs> they usually do mention the Uncanny Valley in reference to Puchinski yeah. because he's horrifying. So Puchinski wants to avenge his own death. And so his partner takes him to the police station. And we get this, like, the beginning of the toilet humor. Yes. Because uh, this... Shriver, this, like, rival cop who's, like, you know, a blonde, masculine, toxic masculinity poster boy, mouths off, and then Puchinski pees on his leg. Yes. And that's funny in the, like, baby geniuses, this is marketed to children way. Yeah. Ha <laughs> pee. Yeah, like that, like, very base toilet humor. But then the next thing is when McKay hands him off to the dispatcher, Casey, who Puchinski has already sexually harassed. Mm-hmm. And Casey is super excited to hold the dog. Because it's a dog. Because it's a good pupper. And the captain and McKay watch as Puchinski kind of just sexually assaults Casey. Yeah, as a dog. <laughs> and it's played for laughs. Yeah, a little, little you know, fun, just... Just goofy bestiality. Yeah, it's like... That goofy bestiality. I guess this is the proper use of dramatic irony, because we know Puchinski's a dog, but poor Casey doesn't. Yeah, that would be dramatic irony. This is probably the worst case of dramatic irony I've ever heard So she just thinks the dog is, like, a rowdy puppy. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, I went on a walk today, and there was a super rowdy puppy. Like, a big lab puppy who hadn't, like figured out that she has to sit to get pets. And so she's, like, you know, jumping up on everybody. And, like, it's really cute when a big old puppy dog does that. Yes. It's really creepy if that puppy dog turns out to be a gross 50-year-old man. I got bad news for you about that puppy. Oh, no, Bella. Yeah. Gross 50-year-old man. Oh. 
Bella, no. Yeah, sorry. What's great is Bella doesn't give us away because that's like the most common female dog name now. Bella and Maggie. Oh, I did not know that. I did. Uh, Yeah, I know. You said it. Uh, In any case, uh, we, we run into one of my major problems with this show. Yes. And like, I want you to understand, I know that the major problem is the the idea and the premise. But I try to give everything a, a fair shake. Fair. Uh, but whenever something like out of the ordinary happens and there's something that I have to, you know, suspend my disbelief for, an important thing to me is rules. Okay. So it's like, all right, this person, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of a good example of something that has, like, rules. A lot of horror movies, like, have rules. I mean, the Scream franchise hinges on the rules of horror movies. That's kind of not what I'm I'm talking about. I'm talking more about, like, Candyman. Like, there's a this guy that kills you, but only if you say this in the mirror three times. Okay, yeah. Like, there, it's an insane premise, but, like, there are rules that make sense within this universe. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest problems is we don't have any clue what happened. Well, I think we can get away with that. Here's my big question to you. Is his partner the only one that can hear him? I think so. Okay. That's not true. Really? Because there's a later part, because he eventually has to take Puchinski home. Right. And Puchinski is trying to set up his partner with his neighbor from down the hall, who's a recent widow, which is not an important part. She's a widow? I I didn't know they said she was widowed. Yes, they they specifically call her the widow. Okay, because she's a single mom with, like, a young child of maybe six or seven. Uh, Their names are Franny and Katie. Franny is actually, like, a notable character actress. You've seen her in other things. Such as? She's Marion in Men in Tights. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, she's, she's Peggy in The Mask. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, Puchinski, like, ties them together with his leash and yes. things like that. And uh, Puchinski kind of calls his partner a wuss for not making a move. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, his partner doesn't want to hear it, so he puts Puchinski out. He just, like, throws him out of the apartment. Yes. Puchinski walks down, gets in the elevator, and says, Five, please. And the person in the elevator hits five, so he can go down to the fifth floor and go find the widow. Oh my god, I didn't even catch that. Yeah. I was probably taking notes on who Franny and Katie were. So, that means anyone can understand him. Which means, why isn't he telling the whole police force? Right. (laughs) Like, guys, I'm a talking dog now. We gotta find my killer. Because there's this whole thing where it's like, I want to be put back on the Pachinsky killer case because it was my partner. And the chief is like, no, I'm not going to do that. You know what would have really helped that? My dog is Pachinsky. <laughs> you tell him, Pachinsky. And he wants to help me. And like, that's also a totally missed opportunity for a bit of like, this is Pachinsky. Tell him, Pachinsky. Rough, 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 rough. See? See? Like, that that's like the easy bit. They do it in Detective Pikachu! This exact bit. It's so obvious. Yeah, and like, we... It would set up a, con- a like, 
a conflict for McKay of, like, the other cops think he's kind of losing it because yeah. his partner was murdered. And then they could do the things where it's like, no, really, ask me a question only Pajinsky would know. And, you know, do the whole thing from Ghost. Right. And he says ditto. Oh, my God. Except, like, we don't get the impression that Puchinski, the human, is close to anybody. That is true. I mean, the chief did speak up for him. So the the whole premise of, like, if he, the partner is the only one that can understand him, they screw it up in the first episode and have the dog speak to someone else. Yeah, that makes if, sense. If the dog can talk to anyone, why isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. So, like... Then what happens is Puchinski kind of, like, lures Franny and the little girl, Katie, back to McKay's apartment because they want to return his dog. And Franny has not taken no for an answer and she is making dinner. Yeah. This guy cannot get a woman for the life of him. No, he's just... Because he's clearly attracted to Franny and has feelings for her. But, like, can't figure out how uh, i'm gonna tell a quick story uh because i had a friend do something very similar to this uh where we were in college and this girl was like you know maybe i can come over and like study you know couldn't it be great if i could like come over maybe we can <laughs> study you know like we'll do like an all-nighter and stuff like that and he's like i don't know my place is like off campus it's like real far and she's like, oh, that's no big deal. Like, maybe I could, like, spend the night. And he's like, ah, I don't really have it, like, anywhere for you to sleep. <laughs> like, I, I, yeah, I just have my bed. And then she says, well, I could, you know, stay in the bed with you. And he goes, I don't know. It's really small. And, like, I'm just staring at him during this entire conversation. Like, what is, what is wrong with you? Oh, my God. <laughs> How are you not getting this? In this one... It is a woman, like, barging into the apartment, like, I'm making you dinner. Yeah, coming in with, like, a full bag of groceries. Yeah. And I would think it's, we're, like... We're jumping into, like, seventh date. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, as a single dude who's a cop who works weird hours, I'm, like, you know, even if you weren't attracted to this girl, it's, like, maybe you make a friend and maybe someone makes you dinner. Yeah. <laughs> someone to talk to. Someone to take care of your weird talking dog. Yeah, someone whose daughter is really fond of your weird talking dog. Yeah, exactly. Also, in universe, the dog's name is now Stanley Pachinski. He tells yes, isn't that weird? He tells the little girl that the dog's name is Stanley Pachinski, which means to the outside world, he now just named his dead partner's dog after him. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's weird that Pachinski never names the dog. This way, it could be like this is Tulip. Like, this is a, an easy plot point that they just miss in all the other crap that they're screwing up. And, um, so then, like, Puchinski is, like, really trying to help McKay get with Franny. And then McKay puts him in, like, a bedroom like you would with a dog who's, like, acting out when you, like, oh, I'm gonna put the dog away yes. in the back bedroom. So Puchinski then wrecks McKay's apartment. Right, just does the, the, the Turner and Hooch thing. Yeah. But, like, Hooch is an actual dog. Yeah. Puchinski, I would think, would... Like, it'd be funny if Puchinski was more 
circumvent in how he annoyed McKay. Yeah, like, there, there's nothing of, like, I have my dog instincts are taking over. None of that. We see him, like, operate a TV remote and watch TV. Yeah. So, like, there's no reason for him to act like a dog. Right. It's just... Mm. And then, like, he has an existential crisis. Yes, and that, that's when he sits and looks in the mirror. Look at me. I've become a dog. It's all sinking in now. And, like, McKay throws him out. So then they do another stakeout. Now, for those of you playing at home, this is, like, three stakeouts in a 21-minute episode. Because it starts with the stakeout. There's the stakeout right before Puchinski's death. And then there's this third one. Yeah, there's a lot of stakeouts. That's three in 21 minutes. That's an average of one stakeout per seven minutes of show. Wow. All right. Math. So then Puchinski sees his killer and bites him in the testicles and he is brought to justice. I don't think that was the killer. I thought it was his killer. No, no, no. This was just someone else robbing something. Because if it was the killer, the show would be over. I thought it was his killer. No, because someone's at the ATM, and someone tries to mug the girl at the ATM, so they, like, bust it. Mm-hmm. If it was his killer, the show is over. No, but I thought it was the ATM, like... I certainly hope not. I could be wrong, but, like, that that would be like if the first episode of Buffy ended with her killing the master. And it was just like, well... All vampires are gone. <laughs> the vampires have been slayed. Puchinski also, it's worth mentioning, gets hit by a car, saving the bulldog. Ah, yeah, I guess that's important to why magic happens. Yeah, I'm like trying to get a look at the ATM killer's face. Like, I remember the person they take down is like, looks like the Unabomber. He's got like a hoodie and sunglasses on, so you don't. So he's just a person. He's not like. He's just a body. He's not a, a name. So it does really look like he catches his own killer, because then the next thing we see is Puchinski, McKay, and the captain, like, standing side by side with Puchinski wearing like a bravery medal. Oh, okay. And then, like, now they're partners, and Puchinski is actually a cop. Oh, all right, so... uh, He's a cop dog. But, like, they never establish that anyone knows that it's Puchinski. Absolutely not. See, this show needs to choose what it's going to be. Right. (laughs) Because, like, it can be Air Bud, where it's just like, we've decided this dog is a police officer. Yep. And it's not weird. Or it can be this whole thing where it's like, we got to sneak around because I'm the only one that can hear you. But like, for a show that's moving at such a fast pace, because it's trying to establish everything, it establishes nothing. Correct. Like, we don't know why we like any of these people. We don't know why any of these things are happening. I, like, we watched the same show and we had to, like, go back and look and be like, wait, what happened? Right. Because I left that show saying, okay, because I just compared it to Buffy, and I did that for a reason. Mm-hmm. The overarching big bad was going to be Butinsky's killer. Right. Plus monster of the week or different crimes. Yeah, procedural. But if the major crime is done, like, where is the show going next? Yeah, I, it looks like it was going to just become a, like, procedural comedy. Dumb. 
What a uh, there's no reason to watch this show. It's it's weird because like we've also established that the dog is alive when right. Puchinski dies. So like what happened to the consciousness of the dog? The personality of the dog? Yeah. Like that's weird. Is Puchinski just like commandeering this dog's body? Yeah, like like uh it's like the Chucky movies. Is there a way out for Puchinski? Is there something like, I would have thought that this would be his unfinished business, and when he avenges his own death, he'd be free. I mean, it, the show didn't continue, so maybe. Yeah, maybe that's it. <laughs> so, uh, this was a show. This was a show. Uh, it, there's very... there's I have nothing nice to say about this show. And, like, I don't have any intense hatred for it because it moves so fast. That we couldn't, like, get hung up on disliking it. Yeah, like, there's no, like, glaring errors because the whole thing is just one long error. Right. There's nothing, there's nothing, like, there's not even a moment where you're like, okay, there's promise here. Yeah, because it wants to be a hundred things. Because, like, it's a brutal death. It's someone getting hit by a car and you see it. And then it's like garbage toilet humor, but it's also trying to be a romantic comedy, but it's also trying to be buddy cop, but it, it's, it's, it tries to be everything and it's nothing. It feels like a game of pitch storm gone wrong. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's, I can't figure out how to save this show. It's super interesting because this month we've had some really great conversations about like Heil Honey I'm Home was bad but spurred a really good conversation. Yeah. Turn On was fascinating. This is the first show this month where we've been like yeah turns out uh, I was explaining this podcast to someone recently right? and I told her that the thesis of this podcast is that there are many reasons a show is unsuccessful and quality is almost never the defining factor. This one it is. This is a bad show. I'd like to, to to point at the film. Get him to the Greek. Okay. Are you familiar with this film? I am, yes. Yes, Russell Brand is Aldous Snow. Throughout that show, or throughout that film, there's commercials for the new Sarah Marshall show. Okay, that's funny. Yeah. So it's referencing Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I forget what the... She was basically on CSI uh, before. But that show gets canceled at the end of that film. So she has a new show. And it's called Animal Instincts. She solves crimes, but is part animal. So she can, like, smell things. And, like, she kind of, like, hunts like a wolf and stuff like that. The commercials in the background of this film not about that show do a better job establishing what the show is about than this 22 minute episode that's not good yeah i mean good for sarah marshall but like yeah this is that's yeah and like there's nowhere for the show to go because mckay and puchinski also like don't find common ground well here let me ask you they don't like each other at the end of this show either yeah so let me let me ask you this: What would episode two be? What would happen next? I'm assuming it's just them being cops. Like, I, there's no higher stakes. Yeah, but like, what's unfinished is 
the the thing with the widow. Yeah. So if I was writing this, and this is probably too smart, but I would have him get closer and closer to the widow and then have it turned out that the widow killed her husband. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's happening again. We got to save. Brzezinski's going to save you. Don't worry. Something. Yeah, but they make no, not even a breadcrumb that Franny might not be a nice person. Yeah. So it's just, everything about this is pointless. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think? Verdict? I, I think this might be the most Stay Doomed show that we've watched. Because I don't see any merit in even investigating it. Yeah, like, I did try to do research on this show. And they're mm. just, unlike a lot of the other shows I've done for this show, for Stay Doomed... Nobody's really that interested in it as a research topic. Like, it's just, I see a lot of articles that are like, this weird show happened. It sucks. And they're right. Yeah. I, I this think, is a hard stay doomed. Like, if you compare it to, like, a Heat Vision and Jack, where you, you have a talking motorcycle and stuff like that. There was a charm to it. Yes. Because they kind of knew it was campy. This, they're kind of trying to play straight. This has the tonal issues of cop rock. Yeah. But no no driving drama? Yeah, no stakes. No stakes. I mean, cop rock for its flaws ends on a police officer murdering a suspect. Yeah. And that gives the show somewhere to go. Yeah. This like it wraps up its whole story in a neat little bow. Yeah. The only place this should go is away. Yep, this is going to stay in the legend's place of the television graveyard. Yes. Bury it back up. So, uh, what's next for Stay Doomed? So, this is going to be very interesting. So, uh, stay with me here, guys. Uh, next month is television specials. And I, I want to explain this a little bit because it, it, it seems a little, like, off kilter, but it's really not. We're talking about those things that had, like, one airing. It wasn't a series. It was just, like, a special presentation or a one-night event. Yes. Now, the thing is, if it's good, there will always be more of it. There... See also Penn and Teller. Yeah. Penn, Penn and... and Teller specials, they ran one or two a year. Yeah. Because they were great. So, like, while there are still special events, there were many of them. You know, your Charlie Browns, your Al TVs. Your uh, breaking the magician's code, uh, your when blank attacks. Uh, th- they didn't stay doomed. They were such a big special event that it was like, all right, we need more celebrity boxing. Let's go. There's also the ones that ran one episode, one special, and was like, well, that was a waste of time. Never again. Yes, and we're we're pretty excited about doing these. Yeah, so we're going to look at TV specials. We got a couple suggestions that we do like, so we're probably going to do them. But our first one out the gate is Eaten Alive, which is the story of a man who makes a special suit so he can get swallowed by an anaconda. Like one does. So we're going to be doing that next month. That will be the month of May. Yes. Then we're going to reveal this now. Uh, June and July will be uh, 
listener's choice or, you know, clean up the, the things that we really want done or fans really want done. Yes. Uh, so make your suggestions because we're going to do that for two months. Yep. And August will be the one year anniversary of Stay Doomed. And uh, we've decided after some discussion, this is going to be a one year project. Because that's irony. Yeah, it makes more sense if this runs only one, one year. season. So this will also be a one season wonder. We will be we're working on a new podcast after Stay Doomed, so we're not yes. going to go away. Nope. Uh, but uh, basically, in doing Stay Doomed, we discovered something else we wanted to do with this podcast, and we can't really do it with Stay Doomed. So more details later. But that's just a little taste. So, recap. Eaten Alive next week. Month of May, TV specials. June and July, requests. And then something new this way comes. Oh, I just got a text. Uh, Somebody requested Daisy of Love. Yeah, that was you. No, I I got this text. No, no, no. You texted you. It says Laura and Laura. You, you can't do that. Yes, you can. Our, our loyal listener, Laura, definitely not Prince, requested it. Yeah, Daisy of Love is coming, I know. Yes! All right, so... Uh, Where can people find us, Laura? People can find us at the Stay Doomed Show at gmail.com or Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And where can people see us live? Uh, people can see us live... From June 22nd through 24th at the Too Many Games Expo in Oaks, PA. Yes. Sorry, I was trying to think if there was another one between now and then. But uh, May's kind of quiet now. Yeah, May's kind of quiet so we can work on Stay Doomed stuff. If you want to talk to me about your favorite television special, or more likely your least favorite television special, I'm at TV's Noah. If you have any way to get Megan Once a Millionaire, any way... I'm Laura Prince at Priorities. Until next time, stay doomed.